So here's the question. When the rules we've been operating by have burnt us out and the hamster wheel is keeping us awake at night and stuck, how do we, as expert entrepreneurs who want to make significant impact but just can't take on one more thing, grow our businesses and teams, double our revenue while working less? That's the question. This is The Business Habitat. I'm Sam Dean, your host, and this show explores the answers. Stay tuned and enjoy some brave conversations. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Business Habitat. I'm your host, Sam Dean. I am really excited. We've been trying for a little while to get this interview together, to have Matey Grissard from all the way from Belgium, across the other side of the world, joining us today and the reason why I've got May here is to actually look at the importance of numbers. We've had a few very interesting conversations around the fact that numbers actually start way before financial numbers. The numbers that drive your business and the knowledge that you have and there's a real gap between looking at the data that you're collecting that will actually help you make day-to-day decisions um, and then the data that's compulsorily, if you know, from a financial statement, profit and loss, um, and then tax return, depending on what country you're in, review, and how there's just way too much focus on that data and not enough on the ones that we can manipulate. So welcome. Thank you so much for your patience <laughs> to be here. Yeah, can you just introduce yourself in your own way and tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Thank you very much. I'm very happy to be here. Lovely to have this conversation with you. And uh, also, yes, I'm in Belgium working on the French market, France, Belgium, but also in international English, as you can see. My my accent is still there and I do make a little mistakes here and there, but I manage. And I work mainly with clients doing two things. Either I, I do what I call supervision. So I come in once a quarter, something like that, do a bit of follow-up online. But my, my job there is really to give perspective to teams and help them see what they don't see anymore. You know, really come in. And that's why I don't want to come in too often because if you come too often, you kind of get into into the into the business with the people. And so you tend to to stop seeing exactly, you know, the, the thing that that should be obvious but aren't anymore. And the other the other side is a bit of project working as well, where I do uh, either organization, operation, team management, or business development because I come from uh, sales and marketing initially. That allows me to use the tools that I'll you know advise my clients to use in supervision. That allows me to go back for a bit into the teams, but it's always short periods as well. Uh, so I don't work you know, on project for a year round. It's always a few months to really shake things up, prepare, prepare a department to be able to open it up to somebody else or do the intermediary because they're looking for the perfect person and they won't find it just yet. So I just help in the meantime. And once they find it, they find the person, then I, I, I'll, I'll just go back. But here, what I really want to talk about is more this perspective things that I do. And one thing that I most often find with my clients is indeed that they need to understand the data more and they tend to rely heavily on their accountants, which is something that indeed can make sense on a financial side, but 
not in operations, not for decision, not for business decisions. Your accountant is not the person who should be making business decisions. It's not his job. It's really the job of the company. And that's something that often is bypassed. And the, the number of clients I had that I, I would hear them on the phone with their accountant saying, hey, sh- can I buy this? And the accountant says yes and no based on data from last year. That's that's not how you do things. And it's like I and I I listen to them and I'm like stop stop talking, <laughs> stop talking. Don't do that. That's not good. It's it's your business. It's your business. It's your decision. You can ask for data, but you do not ask for a decision to somebody else. It's on you and on your team, and you need to figure that out. And the way to figure that out is not by looking at numbers that are a year old, it's by building the numbers that are going to be accounting later on, but in a, in a more operational way. What, what would it bring me? And, and all kinds of number, all kinds of data. It's whatever you do, you need to think or steps, the procedure that I'm doing, the last step must be to evaluate, to be able to look back and understand what was good and what was bad. And that's with tools. You have to have tools. You have to have as many as needed and as few as possible. It's the same for me. Tools and meetings are the same thing. You can't you can't just go to 10, 10 meetings a week and then say, fuck it, I'm, I'm done with the meetings. It's too much. And then stop doing them. You have to find the right numbers. And depending on the company, depending on what you do, depending on how much you need to rely on your data, because... You know, you've some some companies have a very fast life circle for their clients or products. Some are, some don't. So it can be fast or not, but you need a bare minimum. And that bare minimum is never your accountant. Never. Yeah. I mean, this is a thing that always surprises me. First of all, there's 75% worldwide of accountant, uh, sorry, of business owners that don't understand their financial numbers. And then... I think you could escalate that from what you're saying. And, you know, quite a lot of people say, well, the accountant should know this or, or whatever it is. But we go back to the leaders and the business owners need to have a really good finger on the pulse of what makes the business go round. And, yes, why you should also un- at least understand financial numbers. It's, it's, well, what drives them. And, of course, it's much more difficult to measure that. So what I'm intrigued to hear from you is... The observation piece, you know, into that app. So you said there, I just want to pick apart the when you build a process, and I can understand why you've come at this, you know, particularly with the sales and marketing background, because I think a lot of experts, um, businesses that we mostly work with, don't even look at that. And honestly, it's that area that drives most of the numbers then into production. Um, then it's like, what does the, you know, the first person in the production line do? And then the steps to it and how can we measure that? Now, this is not easy. No one's saying it is. But if you can spend the time doing that, it's the data is amazing. Like I look at one of the most successful businesses I've seen, which is a steel manufacturing business, and this guy, you walk into his room and it looks like a McDonald's, you know, has all, all of the, all of the um, trigger points and everything. I don't know if anyone's ever gone into a McDonald's, but... If you go into the back rooms of the McDonald's into the owners, they can see how many cheeseburgers and how many seconds they're being made then. So, you know, how can you bring that kind of – and then 
the guy that I'm talking about, he's just obsessed with that stuff. So, you know, he loves doing that and he works with a lot of IT people. But how can you bring that, you know, at the medium end to businesses? Because I know that that's, that's where, you, where you would. So can you step us through, you know, how you do observe and then what sort of tools you're talking about? Are you talking about Excel? Are you talking about actual tools designed to collect data? Yeah, the first step is really that, is to force yourself to go back to process. And for me, indeed, I usually start and, and I do an opening with every new clients just to understand them. And the, the way I start is I simply ask them what it is that you do. And based on that, we'll, we'll, we'll go there. And how do you do things after that? Show me, show me, you know, show me how you do it. And a tool can be as simple as an Excel sheet, you know, or a Word document. It's, and it doesn't need to be fancy. It doesn't need macros. It doesn't need whatever. What it needs is to be thought, well thought. That's what it needs. You know, it needs to have people thinking in a process, kind of circular even, we can say. Like, we're talking about production and... Well, when you think about production, I'm not an expert in production, but I tell my client, you need to talk to, to think about your production line. And at the end of the line, you need the product, but you also need the data. And you also need to ask your order expertise, aka departments, but your order expertise, which are your team, what kind of data they could use thanks to the production line. Like you said, you know, if if you take the example, and that's something that I show sometimes, if you take the example of uh, uh, e-commerce, it's it's very well made now. It's all about data, data, data. You have real-time data on everything. It's it's You have KPI on everything, but there's so much that people get lost. But it's, it's still, it shows that, yes, with something complex, you can still have in mind the after, after it happens. And you have also always have to do that. And so basically... It's what I do is as I ask people, how would you do it? And then I show them something that is, let's say, standard another way. You know, uh, I don't I don't focus on a, on a particular industry. I'm kind of a techie, so tech is easy for me. But but I don't focus on that. I have clients from and, and from very different and wide industry, which for me is a strength, because that way, when you go to an industry, you can find things that are relevant and push them to that and to another one and really see if that helps people open their minds and understand something. And, and usually, you know, numbers are about people. Everything is always about Everything's about people. You know, we talk, I'm, I'm just going to say this because indeed we talk about numbers and how important the number are, but the numbers are there to leverage people knowledge. It's, that's what it is for. That that's the point. So, for example, now let's take an example on 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 sales. You know, I do the the sales plan with with a lot of teams, and the sales plan is basically, you know, you 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 get your target, you think about, you know, who can we sell this thing to, and then and then you're like, okay, maybe this 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 and that. Okay, you pick one, two, three depends on the team. Never more than three. Three is a magic number. Let's like always use it, but. And then you do your list, you start either calling, you know, sending emails, sending texts, going on LinkedIn, whatever, whatever. You that, That's where a few tools are coming. And you note that down in the CRM or in an Excel sheet, whatever you want. And then you do the process 
And there's always, at the end of the process, there's always what I call the personal evaluation. And I tell them, the KPIs are not there to, to see if you're performing. They're there for you to learn about what you just did. Because if we look back, that's where the real value is for us and for our teams. And so you look back for yourself and then you do the report with your point of view. You're the expert in what you just did. And usually people don't understand that. that that's also something in teams, you always have the status, like the boss, the employees. That's bullshit. It's, it's team members. It's team members everybody, everywhere. You know? And so that's, that's usually the problem. Bosses have really difficulties delegating because they are so used to making the decisions. And employees have real difficulties getting, you know, getting responsible and taking their, their space you know, and, and deciding, yes, I'm gonna, this is mine, I'm going to do it, and making decisions because they're so used of waiting for the boss to tell them where to go. It's not the, the, this way. A, an efficient company is not with employees following the leader. It's the, the leader next to the employees and everybody's looking the right, the same way. And the, the, real, the, true, the true and the only real job of a boss is to make the people happy. That's it. If you're a good boss, whatever. Yes, yeah, make the teams work as a team. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. You know, if there's a hole somewhere, then you pick up the slack. If there's a conflict somewhere, you make it you you make it better. But all these KPIs and all these finances, there it's interesting, but it's more stressful than other than something else. You know, it's people get stressed because it's numbers and they get you know a tunnel vision. I need to in sales. I need to sell that 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 that. So if there's an opportunity, because the, the big we, we always have to make a plan, but that plan is always going to change. When you have a KPI and it's it's stuck, and your salary will be based on that KPI, you are so not going to take the opportunities around you. You are going to be dead set focused on going there, there, there because you need to. It's not efficient in an operate. When you look at that from an operational standpoint. It, it doesn't work. It's not efficient. What you need is people to use their heads. That's why you hired them. It's because they're brilliant and, 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 and you need to let them do that. And so it's really building numbers and then trusting people that they're going to use it. But most of the time, a lot of my job is to make them understand that, yes, they can, they can make their decision. And yes, the, the top management can trust the people because the truth is there are going to be screw-ups. We always do that. We always you know, make mistakes. But and I tell them that a lot, a, mis a mistake is an action. And that's good. Actions are good. It's Who cares if it's a mistake or not? It's an action. Make them do action because the worst thing is when they don't do anything and they wait on. That's even worse. So it's better to have something done that is not how you planned it than to do nothing because you're afraid of do, making a mistake. And with data, it's the same thing. If those people who call their, their accountant, it's because they're afraid of actually making a mistake themselves. You know, they're like, I want to be sure. Well, there's no sure. There's no sure. Who knows if the sun's going to come up tomorrow? You know, you just decide that it will. Well, decide that you'll be right. And if you're not, you'll deal with that. Yeah. But try and think about it. Try and vision Try to envision okay, what it is that I want to do, you know, what it is that I want to do. And then 
build up your process and say, okay, and if I want to do that, this is the kind of data that will tell me if I'm going in that direction. It's not about success. It's, am I going in that direction? Is the market telling me, yes, that's, that's a direction that's interesting. It's never finished. It's an unfinished process, a, a business. People are never finished. You are never successful. You are never whatever. You always want more. You want to be useful. You want to be, you, you, you know, you want, a, uh, you want a goal. You want purpose. And if, if you have tools, if you have a team, and if, and if you can understand and, and work with your numbers, not for, not for you know, a, a, a boss that is kind of like a teacher grading you, but because you want to understand how to make your work and, and, and your utility in the company even better, that's self-rewarding. That's, that's how autonomy gets there. You don't get autonomous if you don't look back at what you've done and if you don't have the data that helps you be that person and that autonomous person that, that keeps on growing and growing. It's so interesting. It's a complete flip on how we're educated, how we're trained, um, yeah. you know, and everything else. You know, that I really love that. Let's look at KPIs or whatever you want to call them, performance management or, yeah, I'm sorry, you know, key performance indicators and all of that sort of stuff as an education process of how I can do better next time as opposed to a stick or a, a level because I think this is one of the big issues that we're working with, you know, right now with great resignation or building great teams is so many of the KPIs and everything that are measured, are measuring individual individual kind of success metrics as, as you know, you could see it. And in high-performing individuals do not make high-performing teams or high-performing businesses because the important part of it, and I think, you know, for what you were saying is that we need to actually be measuring what makes the team and then the individuals within the team perform what they do every day better. And then that has to be embedded in there. And they're the people who know what particular numbers they need to be driving. I know for sure if I make five new reach outs a day, everything else will flow in my business. And that's something I can measure easily by um, having my little toys <laughs> I move them across the thing when I'm in the office and I don't get to five every day but if I really make an effort to it and I know that that particular behavior and process you know works for me more and then I can look at my conversion results and stuff later then go back to that and, and see if that's that's right but we're not taught and it's so simple too we don't as you said we don't need those big big things and I want to also loop back to everybody who might have triggered on the business owner and I did a little bit later needs to know everything the business owner doesn't need to know everything the business owner needs to talk to the people who do know their particular thing um, to give them the power so if you want to drive a team that's down go and see what they need measuring that's what I heard would you agree to that yeah because they know yeah yeah and we can see that yeah, with uh, with smaller companies, there's this trend indeed to say teams are important, and so they put KPIs for teams. But you know, it's just a number. It's just something they say. Okay, you need to do that. But as a team, and you have a uh, you have an incentive for for if you get it as a team. But but how do you measure great teamwork? Like, what makes a good team is teamwork. Yeah, and the and the team just sees this number and. 
they see the number and they don't know, you know, how to organize around that. And the truth is, they should be the one placing the number. They should be, it should be, it's a good, it's a, it's a good step to say, okay, I want a KPI for a team, but that should be just it. That the boss could say, I want a KPI for a team. Please give me a KPI. Organize, take half a day, do a, a workshop, whatever, you know, think about it, do the process and then give me a number that you think that is is doable and be be bold you know it the goal is not to achieve 100% the goal is to achieve something and to to learn and to see and to push ourselves so no you're not going to be punished if you have 75% of of the goal achieved at the end of the of the year it's not that the the only goal of a KPI is to have people row in the same direction with excitement that's not fear excitement and I think that that's somehow it's been, that's been missed somewhere along the line back in the 19, probably 80s. I'm, I'm actually probably back to the industrial age when we didn't have this more human element. It was a more muscle element. And we actually now more aware of how humans and teams work. And we, we're having all of this speak about safe environment, psychologically teamwork and all that sort of stuff but we don't have the data for it because we're just not measuring the right type of data. So, you know, you can have surveys. There's a whole lot of research by Harvard, Stanford, all of those places that say people leave um, or don't enjoy teams because of toxicity and everything. So, well, how do you find the numbers that start that? So if that's something we want to stop so everyone can row in the same direction, maybe it's, you know, we, we need to go back to the teams and say, hey, what would it take for you guys to work better as a team? And I, you know, I hadn't really thought about it that way. Yeah. We, and we're not doing that. This episode is brought to you by The Aligned Leader, a six-week program built to combat the leadership fatigue syndrome so you can grow your business without the overwhelm. We're not doing that, but the truth is the system kinds of yeah. prevent us to. Because the truth is... It's a tough job to be a top management because it's all your fault. Whatever everybody's doing, it's on you. It's your head. It's you in prison, you know, if if something happens. So it's it is stressful. And seeing seeing an autonomous team is stressful, especially if that autonomous team is not giving data, is not taking their knowledge and putting it somewhere. So that's also the thing. It's if if you have tools and 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 data centralization tools even if if you know where the information are if you know that your people are are out there but if if you feel stress or wonder what they're doing not what they're doing in the sense of are they working but what they're doing in the sense of well they t- they told me they wanted to go into that industry which is very specific if if they say something wrong we might get sued i'm kind of stressed you know because they're not they're no lawyers and they shouldn't be but you know, you need to be able to go and assist there and and go and see if if there's a danger there and then make that person aware or, or give that person a, a lawyer or a legal person as a teammate or whatever. But the thing is, it should always be, let's use the data to prevent something or to do our best, but never to stop something. And that's 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 a thing that happens often. 
people think that okay if i need if i if i have to put my data in it's to it's going to be to grade me to whatever to 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 check to check on me to see if i'm 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 worse i'm worse the salary that i'm making whatever whatever it's it's not that it's it's a trust thing it's not just trusting the person but it's also trusting the data they're providing and making sure the data makes sense for the whole team that's why there's there's this fight that, and it's a global thing. That's why globally in business, we talk about horizontal businesses and not vertical anymore. It's because, and when I work on, on, you know, flow chart with, with my, with my, uh, with my companies and on, uh, on the way the, the company is organized, I tell them the departments are there to show where the experts are. It's never silos. And it's, the truth is it's always silos. You know, all the companies that don't talk to each other and I tell them stop that stop that you need to to go and talk with the people and that's one of the things that I do for them as well because I'm external because I'm I'm kind of neutral I'm kind of next to them I'm 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 not I'm not talking I'm I'm ta- I'm telling the truth to the to the top management and I'm telling the truth to the team I my my job is to shake people but also to show them that yes, it's okay to when you have a question and you think there's a problem and there's an issue or you don't understand something, you you get up and you go to the office of whoever is the answer. It's a bit, it's sometimes it's you require a meeting or you go check the calendar or whatever, whatever. But when I there, when I'm there, they know I'm gonna disturb them. So they all know that. And so I I use that time also to say, you know, okay, there's something there, there's an issue. Do you see there's an issue? And and if that person is like no, and, and and I'm like okay, so maybe this person could know. And usually the the people are like yeah, but that's another department. And I'm like yes, that's 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 your your team there. That that's the the the, res- the resources you need to leverage. You are each other resources. You are each other resources. You need to use yourselves because the truth is, in lots of company, people don't talk to each other. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've been in them. I've owned them. Um, and, you know, even, you know, accounting firms and, and most professional services are very siloed. And it's like the, but the the magic of them is that you're all on the same team and you're doing this and no one thinks, you, well, some maybe do, but get them out of business, but, you know, think you're dumb or whatever. And, this whole let's all play together rather than the politics of it makes everybody yeah. happier. So it's it would be interesting to see how you'd actually measure that. <laughs> like if the process to solve a problem is this, you know, how many people are actually cross cross departmenting and, and stuff like that. I think it's it's such a it is the fundamental problem, isn't it? That humans have somehow become fairly disconnected with other humans. Back in the day, you would just, you know, reach over and say, let's do this or let's do that. But now it's my ego's in the way, my career's in the way or whatever that is. And somehow the human ego has got in the way of good business, I guess, um, and has been for a while. Yeah, and it's what's my part in it or what, what's my job? What do I need to do? And it's about, and the truth is, and that's what we all want to do and what makes us happy in a way. It's when you manage to to build a team where people are doing things for the others. 
thinking about the others. That's where you have yeah. something. When you start to have that state of mind of I'm writing something so others can understand. And that's something that is really, really important. We always say the person who who is making herself uh, dispensable, that's the indispensable person. The people who are keeping everything in their heads and saying, no, I'm too busy and important to write that down, those people should be ditched because they're no good for the company. They're going to build something and then it's going to crush and burn the minute they're not there. That's not that's not sustainable. But one easy way to, to help do that, because usually you have you have some kind of notes that are there, but people tend to write it for themselves. I understand it. It's fine. And then it's out there and nobody reads it. That's that's the truth of a lot of companies with processes and things like that, is that somebody writes them and then nobody reads them. But the truth is the writing is just the first draft. And I tell them if, and use the three again, you have to have at least two other people reading and, and drafting it. Because that way you have other brains that are coming into it and building something with with different kind of ways. And then, and that's something that's always forgotten or lost in translation, is when you build a procedure, the, the important part is not done. It's not the writing that's interesting. It's it's the training afterward. It's the meeting to say, you know, it's the, the work session saying, hey, let's check out this procedure I've made so you can understand what it is that 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 I want to do with that and you know what's why why it is useful yeah it's so interesting because when we work with um businesses and we see this a lot obviously in the expert field which is more really important for the processing is that ability to then write down the procedures and then everyone does exactly what you say they might write them down for themselves but they don't bring them all together um, and the most successful businesses I've seen are ones that write processes and review constantly, all the time. And I love that free mind. So somebody writes it. And I think, too, this is one way, if an owner is expertise and stuff, if they've got a particular way and they are bordering on, you know, OCD or control freak in the smaller businesses, you can write your own process. This is how I would do it. And then you get your team to, but they have to be able to adjust it so other people can um, then follow it. And super simple. And super simple and then you know once you get that right you, you could probably measure you know how many procedures are being processes or whatever being updated all the time i mean the, the thing is in any business you need to get it completely not aligned on one particular person and you don't really have businesses um if you don't because then you've got the cost of onboarding people all of that sort of stuff so it's an interesting an interesting way to do it do you see it a lot you know in the work that you do that even in the bigger corporates that you work in, the processes aren't documented? Or if they are, there was something, you know, in the 1960s and you open up this book and it's, how would you measure that? And how would you, well, what's the, what's the success? I always, I always push for collaborative tools. Whether it's simply, you know, putting on Google Workspace or Microsoft 365 or, or whatever, you know, or using something. When you're in sales and marketing, a CRM is, you must use a CRM. And in in big companies, you have a lot of friction because you have the people that want to do things, the people that don't want to do things. And the truth is, it's easy. It's, I always say, you know, you put a CRM on and you put 
you you place like open sessions where you you're you're available for people to come and ask questions or or to use it with them or whatever you know you do the training but then you tell them by the end of the week for the meeting you, you actually use the CRM as your your reports for your KPIs or whatever and you show what people have done transparency is always super super effective and and you tell people it's as simple as that if it's not in the CRM you did not do it I don't care that you actually did. It's not there. It, you didn't do it. And it's something even for, for people to say, okay, you need you do something. You need, you need to tell other people. And a CRM does that, you know, or a procedure t- does that. And yeah, that's how you get trust Yeah, as well. it's how you get trust, but it's also, it needs to be. A and if something team. happens to you, people know where you're at. Yeah, and it needs to be a team tool. You know, with procedure, it's funny because. I always tell people, so you read the procedure. Did you find something? Did you change something to it? And they're like, what? I'm, I'm not changing. I didn't write it. It's like blah, blah, who wrote it, who's very busy and important. And I'm like, well, that's the goal of the procedure. And plus, if you, and they, uh, I've put them on a collaborative tool so you actually can see the edits. You don't have to do the track and change. The edits are there to be seen. But it's like, well, every new person that comes in is, an, is a person with perspective because they don't know your business. So if they don't understand the procedure, you need to make them understand and you need to change it so they understand it. That's that's value just right there. And not just be scared about not saying anything. Your your tool, your procedure are a tool as well as anything else. It needs to be alive. It needs to live and it needs to be changed. And with you know tools like CRMs and tools like 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 Google and stuff like that, it's easy. It makes it easy for you and it, it brings you data. In the meantime, and it, it gives you little little graphs and stuff like that. So it's 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 it helps you get it done, and it shows you how useful it can be to work as a team because you can see the data move. But the truth is, when you write down something, when you use a small tools or where you where you write down something on a Google Doc, that's the same thing. You need to, as you said, you need to be able to count how many version there is, and it cannot be one, never. One is no good. One is the first pancake. You know, you need to do something else. One is no good. I like that, that, um, because I think procedures and processes, systems are really important, are, you know, one of the key causes, cause that run any kind of habitat, because everyone has their own processes. Yeah. Um, even if they're not documented. But that live document, that live, that you, you know, it's, it's the, um, you know, you're constantly looking at it. How can I make it better? How can it make my behavior better? Is there parts of it that just do not need to be done now? Is there parts of it that technology can do? And it's good for people, I think, who are onboarding to see there's more versions of that. So they, because sometimes the why gets lost in process. Why did this come into the first place? And I, you know, love that you go in a, and they're having that observation. And, you know, obviously not everyone can get someone like me in. But they can if they're getting new staff because they can observe procedures and say, have you ever thought about this or why the hell are you actually doing that whole thing? You know, it might have been in the day where there was, you know, not electronic signatures or something, you know, some some technology that, that has replaced that step. But you're still going through the steps but using the new technology so it's become irrelevant. So I love that. I think if we can take that away, that everything in your hab businesses and business habitats is obviously we use is live alive as well as live so 
people are in with the processes that they're doing every day, they're sticking to it. It makes decision-making much easier, habits formed. But then there's this questioning thing of the new people coming in and then going, that doesn't make sense. I don't understand that. And if people can't understand your processes, they do not have to be sagas. Um, a, a, the most efficient business I've ever seen, one of the most efficient expert businesses I've ever seen, They, their target, they, one of their KPIs is reducing the processes pages every year and you know making sure everything is looked at at least once in the year. Everyone goes, that's such a big job. No, it's not. Not if you do it an hour a week. Super easy and make it part of your process. Exactly. Well, and the truth is, when I hear that, for me, it's like it means that you're actually not yes. using them. They are. They're not being used. It's, that because that's what they're for. People doing their things own And if you use them, you change them. If you use them, you change them. And so, if one of your KPI is it needs to be shorter and shorter, well, that's fine. Which for me, it's not because it makes no sense because a, 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 a document can be very long because people do print screen or people add whatever and they don't they, they, they want to use big fonts or whatever whatever they want to do for me the more important is not the number of lines you know it's not code the more important is the interactions something that is not being used in a year there's a problem why was it why was it there and was it important and if it was important and usually it is then how come nobody else used it you know, when you, once again, is when you write down something, you're writing for the people. Is I'm, I'm making sure that if I'm not there, they can manage, they can do things and they can take it for themselves. The thing is, you don't write to tell people how to do things precisely. You write to tell people, this is how I, I, I do it, how I understand it. And then you ask another brain to come and to add to it how they would do it, how they would understand And that's how it's it's alive and that's how it helps teams get built you know it's don't be afraid to use the tools and the procedure is a tool it's not a bible so i'm hearing my expert lawyers and accountants nuts going off at the moment because i'm with you but then there's this well people keep changing things and you you're not talking about we're not changing the fundamentals here it's then we're not changing on what they're doing. You're just changing, getting people's opinion on how they should do it. And, you know, adjustments here and there, if everyone's literally singing from the same Bible here, you know, because it's a centralised place and it's live. And you can see that. And I think, too, this is one of the things is that as bosses or managers or owners or leaders, we have to be in control, but we have to be not controlling. And by controlling is saying here's how i do it so you do it that way or if you're in you if, if you're seeing things and seeing that people are actually being interactive in it you are in control of that you're just not controlling them so um it's such an important thing um to do and to get over your own bias of procedures it should be one way everyone if people get things done and they get them done in a clear way and it's not the way you do it, that's okay. <laughs> that's a good result. Because they're actually doing the job, not you. Yeah. Yeah, but once 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 you find a way, when it's your job to share that. You find a way you share it. Somehow, somewhere, you know? And you know now we have software for everything. 
you know, we have CRM, we have our ERPs and stuff like that. And people kind of see that as a magician. You know, it's the mag- magical thing that's going to come. And it's like, it's not going to do anything if you don't input the data. A piece of software cannot make you <laughs> do your job better. And it's like they're, like they're not thinking about that. Yeah, and so that, that's also... A, that's a lot of part of my job is to, to, to think with them first. Okay, you want, you want an ERP or you want a CRM? What it is that you're going to put in it? The number of time I heard for CRMs, oh, we're just going to take the database of, of, you know, 50K people that or addresses that we never used in, in 20 years. We're just going to take that and put it there. And they'll just manage. It's like, no, you don't do that. You, you think about what you're putting in there. You need, you need, Good data. You need strong data. If you put in bullshit data, you'll get bullshit results. That's just it. The data can tell you whatever you want. It can can tell you you have a hundred percent of whatever it is. If if you didn't pick anything and if you didn't put yourself, numbers are always there. But it's like quality over quantity is always best, especially when you start something because you need to master it. You need to understand how it works. You need to understand what kind of data you want and how you want your data to to, to be expressed and, and where you want to go with that. And starting with a messy database is never the way. And yet a lot of companies do that because they're like, well, yeah, but we have a lot of you know, we can send a, a, a mailing to a lot of people and then they get blacklisted and they don't understand why and then, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I was doing a lot of work. Um, and one thing I was glad at is when I started this business um, some years ago now, we started with a clean database. So I didn't put, I knew the the shit show that I'd come from and you know we we built it up and it was only people who would be interactive and we've got say four and a half thousand um, people who are on an email list and then i was working with someone else and they went just go and look at people who are actually active so it was like eight or nine hundred people who were very active and we now just do our targeted ones to them and of course now our open rates are 60 70 percent so the algorithms love us in the out Thing, but it's much better to have 800 people, 50 or 60% of it looking at the four and a half that just floats through the thing. And this is a big waste of energy. <laughs> maybe not your own energy, maybe the computer's energy, but it's still a waste. And that kind of data is what you need. And I think that people, you know, one thing I would also like to ask you is, you know, drilling back from what you said, is actually when you're looking at doing something, actually planning out the data what you actually want to have when it is small. Otherwise, it's it's overwhelming. Like having a lot of, I mean, I look at some of our older stuff now and go, it's just too much. And then you've got all these sexy tools and it's like, well, how do I actually make that behave? And if you haven't done it on Excel or something in small, how do people decide what they want the data to do? That's a big question. It's And the, the problem, there's that and there's the fact that there's, the reflection that you have, there's the, the thinking of what you want, and then there's the reality. And it's true that it's very difficult because you might want to go there, but the truth is that right now you need to take care of whatever mess it is. You need to to come back to reality and also be working in that. And 
The truth is building the future, it takes an effort and it's not a small one. It's really hard. It's really hard and it's overwhelming and it's discouraging. And and that's also why having somebody, someone who comes in from time to time, not too often, I, I get them back and I give them energy and positive energy saying, yes, I know it's hard, but I'm not there to make it easy for them. And I'm here to help them through the pain because that's what it is. It requires a constant effort and it's tough for everybody. doesn't matter where you are in the ladder or whatever. It doesn't matter. It's tough. It's tough to want to build something that's going to be relevant later on with all the shit that are going on right now. You always have, and I always tell them, the, the really difficult thing is, yes, you have to take care of the short term, but you have to have somewhere in the back of your mind, how can I make that short term a tiny step towards the long term? How can I use what I'm doing now to build on to get where I want to go? Or where we want to go as a team, you know, and it's step by step and it's taking chunks of time. And that's where having somebody from from the outside coming in, it kind of forces you to do that and to to look to look up for for a bit of time. And the thing is, sometimes you feel like, well, I wasted time because I, 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 you know, I thought about things and it's very well. But the truth is, when you understand something and when you understand your team, you win, you gain a lot of time at the long run. But and we were talking about data. This is not something that it can be very easily put into data. You know, the fact that when you take a breath, you you're more efficient. We know it is. We know it is. But to 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 actually have it and say, okay, can you see, you know, the week after that that you were more <laughs> performing or whatever, or it, you don't do that. It's just you need to you need to live it. You know, we are beings of experience and experiencing having sometimes somebody that helps you pull up and and stop you know having your head in the water and and kind of look at the horizon again it helps you swim and and get swimming and go in the right direction it's just is and sometimes you all go the wrong direction but at least you're together right and so you can you can shift and and and, and change course but it's extremely difficult extremely difficult it really does require a big effort and so there's, it's never about you doing it wrong. It's always about how can how can we help each other go a bit further to where we want to go. I really I really like that, you know. And it's tough, you know. As you said, it is tough out there. And the last three or four years have not helped the situation. And I think that this is a a really good conversation to have now. And I still think it would be an extremely relevant. Back then, I think that if we knew that was coming, which of course you don't, you know, it would have been great to have have some of this stuff that you're talking about. I know for sure that businesses and even people who collect this type of data and not even even the processes and keeping them, their businesses survive because they can then, as you said, even if they're going in the wrong direction as a team, they can start going in a different direction. And they can pull the whole team over. And that's what we need to build, these agile businesses. You do not build an agile business overnight. You build it with systems and processes. If something happens to your product that you actually sell, you've got them already written, got the team, you just need to then change direction. And I think that that's very important going forward is the preparedness that we could get from what you're saying. And also it is so important to get a third party in 
whether it's coach like a consultant like May or coaching consultants like us or God, even, you know, someone who used to work in the business perhaps and who can come in and pull, like you're small, think about that. It doesn't mean you have to go to expenses or something, get somebody you trust to every so often come in and say, what the hell are you doing? Or, oh my God, I was with someone at lunch today and she just had this amazing thing and she hadn't celebrated it. You know, having someone else come in and say, that's amazing. <laughs> Let's stop and pause is so important as well. So this has been a really good chat and I, I really actually yeah, enjoyed yeah. listening yeah. to you because I think there's so many concepts out there that you're saying, you know, no one really has the answer to this. You know, do you measure? How do you measure? When do you measure? It is actually not a one fix situation. It is actually what do you as a team, as an individuals need to measure? Um, and that takes thought and thing, but then that's what gets the engagement. That's what empowers everybody. Yeah. Right? And start small. Start small. As you said, start small. And keep always, going because always one day you do small. wake up and go, yeah. this is a different experience. Um, I don't know how I got here, but well, I do because I took the, all of these small brave steps every day. And we are busy. Um, so you do need to find those small, you know, processes, you know, through and just make it really important because Businesses that I go back to my, you know, old work of valuing businesses and everything, businesses that have systems that somebody else, and I'm not talking about documented archbinder folders, I am talking about systems that any anybody can jump in and follow are super valuable, even if, you know, there's, you know, the profit and losses aren't showing what they should be because of, you know, whatever. And you make way more money if anybody can come in your business and, and step into any of the roles and any of the processes. And as leaders, you become way less burnt out because you can freaking just step out anytime you want. And the business, you know, the best scenario to have is if you go away and the business either continues as it is or improves, which is what you want, that is a sign of a great leader and a great business person. That is a sign. And it doesn't matter how small or big you are. That's the same thing everywhere. So Thank you so much, May. I think you've given us some practical things to contemplate. Of course, most people want a, a one thing that I could do to change this. And it's just not. <laughs> you know, unfortunately, change comes at one step. But if you had to give them one thing to do tomorrow, what would it be? Well, I guess one step at a time, you know. It's, it's do one, try and do one thing small, small thing, but that gets you your long term, you know, and try and get your head out for just a small period of time. But and with that head out, find what it is that you can do in the short term, but to work for the long term. It's what what things I mean, I mean you you've got your process, give it to somebody else or ask opinions to someone and, and yes, treat people and trust people first. And then if you need to change your mind, change your mind. But don't don't start with saying trust is is something that needs to be uh, won or something. It's not true. It's trust is given until there's an issue. But trust is given. Give it give it away, and so show something, and that's where you can find magic. It's when you have a team. A team is magical, but it needs trust and steps, small ones. Well, thank you so much yeah. for joining us today. Thank you very much, and everybody else, as always. Be brave and continue the conversation. 
Thank you so much for your time. We work super hard on this podcast and are passionate about helping expert entrepreneurs build businesses without overwhelm. To help us, can you please leave a review if you loved it on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform?